welcome back to the Break the Mold podcast. My name is Tim Roberts. I'm your host for the Break the Mold podcast. Uh, episode three, Meatric. How did we get to episode three so quickly? Um, if you've listened to episodes one and two with Andrew and Gary, I hope you've enjoyed them. And, I mean, to be fair, if you're coming back for episode three, having listened to episodes one and two, then we must be doing something, right? Uh, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, welcome. I hope you enjoy this interview and everything else that comes along with it. Uh, so this is a podcast that's all about helping you to be your true authentic self. The whole purpose of the Break Mold podcast is to give you uh, an experience of listening to different people talking about their passion for authenticity and sharing their advice, their stories, their tips, their uh, hilarious tales along the way that will help to make you think about how you can be your best version of you. Um, now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe at my website, which is enthusedcoaching.com. Uh, that way you can get an email every Sunday with a little bit of an intro in terms of the podcast episode and hear about the new episodes before anybody else uh, that will also give you a link to download the summary sheets which includes the coaching questions and highlights some of the key messages from every episode so check that out because it means that it's not just a podcast you can actually go and do something with it that, that's the real aim for me I'll, I'll be really honest recording the podcast and also as it's come out quite a lot of people have been asking so what's the purpose Tim even what's the angle you know almost thinking that this podcast is about me purely releasing content to sell and that's not the case at all look if you listen to these podcasts and like what you hear and you think yeah I could do with a bit of Tim let's get him in brilliant get in touch that's not the point of this at all the point of this podcast is so that you listen to it you enjoy it, you indulge in it, you reflect on it, and you go and do something with it. Don't spend an hour or so listening to any of these podcasts and then don't do anything about it. If, you, if that's what you're thinking, just turn it off now and go and listen to another podcast that's full of ads and people who are just trying to sell you stuff, to be quite frank. And look, the reason I'm saying it that way is this is about you being your authentic self. So surely if you're going to commit the time to listening to me drone on and obviously pay attention to the brilliant guests that we've got, then make it worth your while. Make sure that you go and do something with it. And at the end of the interview, I will summarise and ask you some coaching questions that will really help you with that. So but whatever you are in the world, whatever the time you listen to this, you might be listening to it the day it's come out. It might be a year after we've re released it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, the guest we've got for you today... Uh, He's just a legend. He's an absolute superstar. Um, this is probably the guest that when I was reaching out, asking people to the interview, I was probably most nervous about. I mean, we do know each other. Uh, I, I didn't just kind of suddenly appear in his inbox as a stranger asking him to come and spend an hour talking to me. Um, but I was probably most nervous about because he's really busy. You know, he's a really, really popular speaker. He literally travels all over the world. Um, and he is a superstar. So I was thinking, why would he want to give up time for me? The man being who he is was happy to do that. We had an amazing conversation and just absolutely, I feel really, really lucky to have spent that time in his company. So listen, I think I said it's during the interview, but I am a, I am a fanboy of today's guests. And that guest for you on this episode is none other than the Gavin Oates. <clears throat> I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think Gavin deserves uh, the prefix of the or the Gavin Oates, because he is a legend. He's an absolute superstar. He, he's got so much energy. He's got so many stories to tell. He spends his life traveling the world, inspiring audiences on stage as an international speaker. He's also an award-winning comedian. 
uh, and a best-selling author. So I'd really, really encourage you to check out Gav's books if you haven't done so already. I think two for me that really stand out are Zest and Life Will See You Now. They're hilarious, they're honest, they're personal. They really, really help you to be your best version of you. Really, really make you think about how you want to live your life, how you want to be the best in the roles that you do. Now, in terms of Gav's interview, it'll definitely make you laugh. It'll definitely make you think. What I really want you to listen out for with Gav's interview is his honesty. In particular, he shares his own experiences and some of the mistakes he's made along the way, which I just think is really, I think, typical of the man that he is because he's really open and honest. And also such an inspiration because it, you will see Gav on social media, on YouTube. You might subscribe to his belly fire emails. You know, and, and ultimately, he will, he will exude success. That's what many people would look at him as. And he is successful. He's fantastic at what he does. Yet in this interview, particularly talk about his authenticity, he shares his mistakes. He shares when he's maybe tried to fit a mould and when he's tried really hard to do something that he's not or be something that he's not and create this, this kind of business that he didn't actually want. And he really honest in terms of sharing his mistakes and how that's helped him to learn more about himself. I think something that you'll really hear as well, this really shines through with Gabby's, his belief in you trying to stop fitting in. So that comes out in every time he talks, every time he answers a question, every time he talks, you know, I really suggest that when you're listening to this, really listen to Gab like he's talking to you personally, because his passion for you and his belief in you and your ability to be your best version of you absolutely stands out. Uh, he has a really unique view on people, um, and in particular, uh, people being a dick and how to stop being a dick. So we spent quite a lot of time talking about dickheads. That's Typical, I guess, of Gav and I. Um, really listen out in that because I, I feel Gav has quite a unique view on that. And he, he also shares quite a unique journey in terms of what he's doing now and what he's learned from that. Uh, and he shares some great advice. You know, there's some tips in here that Gav shares that you could literally stop listening to this podcast and go and try something out and start to think about how you can do some of the things that he encourages you to do over the next week or so. Um, what's brilliant as well about it is, is he, he's got a real determined insistence that home matters more than work um, and I love how he brings that to life and it is so important because you know there's this sort of bullshit that pervades isn't there that it is it's work life and you know Gav really helps us to remember no it's life first and in particular it brings that to life in terms of being your true authentic self and look I, I think finally the key thing to listen out and really pay attention and this this is where I would say you know, I feel really really lucky that he's done this interview and you know for you listening to it you're a really lucky bloody lucky person that he's given up his time to share this and his passion shines through in terms of what he does in terms of how he believes in you and I think in particular how he wants you to be happy and genuine you know Gav is somebody who gives a shit he, he doesn't know you or, or he may not know you from listening to this podcast um, but he really really shines through in terms of how keen he is for you to be happy for you to be genuine so look that's enough for me waffling on <clears throat> i could spend an hour bigging gab up with or without this interview so i think it's important that i shut up now and let's get straight into the interview so uh, i'll come back after the interview and ask you those coaching questions and summarize some of the key points but look for now go and enjoy the amazing the brilliant gabby notes
Gavin Oates, welcome to the Break the Mould podcast. Uh, how are you, my friend? Oh, I am really well, Tim. And can I just start off by saying I love you. I love everything you do. And it's an honour to be here. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. So, Gav, we've got to be careful that I don't just turn this podcast into like ultimate fanboy because you, you know a big love. You like get pictures off me at Christmas, don't you? Show me that I, I bought my girls your book and... Also, random pictures of vinyl records that I've bought. And <laughs> yeah, well, it's a funny one. Like we we don't actually know each other, and yet I feel like we totally know each other. And it's the power of social, and it's the power of shared interests and books, yes. and, and of course, music is a real uh, shared love of yours and mine. Very similar tastes as well. And um, yes. I think it's there's not there's not many there's not many of you out there, and there's not many of me out there. And weirdly. We're drawn to each other and we find <laughs> each other and uh, I am very comfortable with that, Tim. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, do you know what? I think you made a good point, a really good point there, actually. Yeah, that is the power of social media because we do give social media. I, I certainly do give it a bit of stick from time oh, to time. And I, I hate it, yeah. 98% of it. Tim, <laughs> you are one of the 2%. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Gav. That's absolutely right back at you. And yet, you mentioned our shared love of music, so... Yeah, another challenge for me is to making sure I don't turn this into like Desert Island Discs because, yeah, we could probably just <laughs> record an hour. Yeah. yeah, me and you talking music. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of which then, let's get into it. So I always start the same question on this podcast, Gav. Uh, what does being your true, authentic self mean to you? So it, that question is, well, you'll know this, that question's massive. Like yes. it is huge, it's deep, it's meaningful, it's it's important, and actually, it's a very important, it's an important question. I think every single politician in this country should be made to stand up in front of the yes. entire population and answer that question, and then we vote based on that and that alone. Um, I think. It- Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah, your. What does it mean to be your true, authentic self? I mean, there's so many words I could throw out, like honesty and being respectful and kindness and uh, being open-minded, being accepting of of everyone and everything. I think, you know, to try and sum it up, it's consciously not being a dick. Um, Because I think there's too many people in it for themselves at the moment. And, you know, people... If there was ever a moment in our lives where we need people to be true, authentic selves, it is now. We need people to lean into this moment, find the joy, find the kindness, find the love, find the respect, find the pleasure, find the creativity, find the productivity, find the energy, the every other positive word I can think of, find it, pull it out, and go and gift it to to, to other people. Um, I think another part of it is is not being concerned about fitting in. You know, you, we mentioned social media briefly there and, you know, social media has created this awful comparisonitis, this awfulness in the world of comparing and envy and trying to fit in and be like everyone else and keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, that, that's hard these days. The Joneses are right bastards now. It's hard to keep up with them. So I think it's about consciously making an effort to be comfortable with the genuine kind real you and not mask it by trying to fit in and that is a gobbledygook answer but that's what it means to me i, I think it's a brilliant answer mate. 
I, I think you, you've raised a really important point around more important now than ever. Uh, you know, we, we're seeing this. I love how you said the time is now. It's now. Yes, absolutely. We're crying out for it, aren't we? We're sick and tired of the negativity. You know the bit you said about, I suppose it's too much really, about not being a dick and that bit of trying to fit in or trying to maybe chase something. Why do you think that is? What What is it in the world that kind of pervades our thoughts and feelings that makes us think, well, actually, being me is successful and powerful and all these other things that people chase? Well, we're, we're social beings, aren't we? We're, we're social creatures. We're primed to fit in. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Is it uh, someone, Derezovich? Oh, what's his name? There's a, there's a psychologist or a writer who described us as the world's most excellent sheep. And I, and I think that's what we are. We are social beings. We are primed to fit in. Therefore, we we copy. We we follow the crowd. And of course, having mobile phones, smartphones, and social media has just taken that to yeah. the next level. Um, and I think, you know, like I know when I'm being a dick. Like I try not to be, but we all can be. I mean, that's the reality. It's just some people, some people seem to make a habit of it or a career out of it. Um, but deep down, we all know when we're speaking out of turn. We all know if we're being rude. We all know if we're saying something unpleasant to someone. We all know if we are putting a, a an obstacle in the way of somebody's success or tearing someone down. And it's, that's why I said consciously not being a... It's making... It's trusting yeah. your gut. It's listening to yourself that actually... Do you know what I'm about to say is not very nice, so I'm just not going to say it because that means I'm being a dick. Um, yeah. And that... I like that idea of not fitting in and trying to fit out for a change. You know, allowing yourself yeah. to, to know that it's okay to be different. I remember as a kid, um, my mum... probably about 15, probably desperately wanting to be famous at the time, probably studying Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer within an inch of their life. Um, and I remember other people, well, most other people, not everyone, but most other people not sharing my taste in comedy and what I wanted to do. And I remember my mum saying, it's normal to be different. And, I, and, and actually, I really believe it. It's normal to be different. But I think we live in a world now where it's kind of not okay to be different anymore. It's, it's, I think there's too many people deep down allow themselves to believe it's abnormal to stand out too much. So they allow themselves yeah. just to step back into the crowd and blur in with everybody else. But when my mum said to me at 15, do you know what? It's normal to be different, Gavin. That was what I needed to hear at 15 years of age. And it's just stuck yeah. with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great quote I've used of yours, Gav, from one of your books about, um, about being weird, celebrating being weird, so challenging out the people who who think it's weird to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the people who want to be normal. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I think Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer are two people that everybody should study. I think that would take the world in a much greater direction. I agree wholeheartedly, and there is so much to study, and I'm going way back to the early, early stuff, but... Yeah, it's funny. My my son is fourteen, and he knows I love Vic and Bob. Uh, I have artwork by uh, Jim Vic, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's real, yeah. Jim Moyer. I've got a couple of original pieces by Jim in my house, and I've shown the kids some stuff. And but it's funny. Just recently, at fourteen years of age, my son seems to have gone. Oh yeah, 
I, I, okay, like I, I like this. Um, yeah. And through that, he's discovered people like Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson as well, who oh, are also wow. just, I mean, Rick Mail, I mean, I can't yeah. believe he's gone. He was genuinely a hero of mine. And um, it's lovely uh, seeing my son crying with laughter uh, at these guys and having that in his life. Anyway, I've gone yeah. off on a tangent. Yeah, well, it's a good tangent. Uh, speaking of Vic Reese, Jim, Jim Moore, and his, his uh, paintings. I saw a brilliant painting the other week he did on Twitter of, and unsurprisingly, it's that to me, of Paul Weller's shoes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. His new stuff's brilliant. He, he does some very serious art now. Like he, he draws and paints yes. birds a lot. That I mean, he's obsessed yes. with, with birds and he's always been a keen bird watcher. But then comes that yeah. kind of stuff. I've got a brilliant yeah. one of his. It's This is not one of the, uh, the originals, but it is signed by Jim. And it's The Ghost of David Bowie. Um, oh, wow. And it's literally just a white duvet uh, with a uh, that goes from head to toe with the eyes cut out, a cool pair of shoes, and a wee lightning flash over the eye, and that's it, and that's it. Um, and uh, I tried to get. He also did the ghost of Freddie Mercury, um, and it's again just a white duvet with the eyes, a wee moustache, and a pair of Adidas trainers. But <laughs> but he only sold it was like twenty five of them, and that's it. And I can't wow. get one, and I'm absolutely broken by this because that's the two <laughs> that I wanted. So, uh, but yeah, I love um, I, I love his artwork. I really do. And then Bob, of course, has just become. I mean, a yeah. lot of people have just found Bob in the last sort of five years through things. Yeah, like yeah, with the fishing. And he's yeah, just and the fishing. Yeah, with Paul, a beautiful human. Both of them, magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rightly, Bob in particular. I guess Paul Wise has becoming like the nation's sweethearts, aren't they? Rightly, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, so we've 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 uh, encouraged people to go look at Vitry's painting. Maybe that's something <laughs> new to uh, you know. But would you know this? That's what this podcast is about: is sharing some of those passions. And because I'm a huge believer, people in organisations, even though they work with each other every day, they, they don't do that enough. They don't just take the time to enjoy each other and actually share. We might know at a surface level, yet actually understanding why they have that passion. And you said something. Really insightful before, Gav, about now it's even harder for people to be different. More and more people are fitting in, which is interesting because it's a little bit at odds with what we're told to believe around that, you know, diversity is much better respected now and people are much more accepted. And yes, I've seen movements in that, certainly from when I was younger in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, yet what you said is also true that particularly i think for younger people in this world and i just want to ask you about something there because people know you as the inspirational speaker you travel the world lighting up rooms helping people to be themselves to find that zest for life and everything now a big part of that is you're a business owner you're a business leader if i'm allowed to give it that rather boring <laughs> term um, now, when we think of a business leader, it, it draws up many, I'm sure people listen to this, are starting to picture their own CEO or other people in mind. So I'd be really interested just to ask you about, I guess, from that context, that point of view, to particularly help people listening who might be business leaders, might run their own business or they work in senior leader or, uh, roles. What do you do in, in the tree of knowledge, which is your organisation? to make sure people can be different, to create that environment? You know, what are the conversations that you go in and have with people and encourage other managers and leaders in your business and teams to have? Yeah, I mean, it's, so the work that we do, I mean, we, we work with like all organisations from the NHS to Nike. 
Um, yeah. But but we also work with schools and colleges and unis. Uh, that's the kids and the the, the staff. Um, yeah. So like every everything we do revolves around this real belief in in inspiring the world to help people to help themselves. Um, but what sits right at the heart of everything we do is this, I guess, science and psychology of fun. Um, yeah. When we're having conversations with our own team or with other organisations, whatever that might be, and no matter how big or small that team or organisation might be, these are the things that sit right at the heart. So you could argue that that's values and uh, purpose and, and your yeah. why and all this good stuff to give it its proper jargony terminologies, yes. which I'm, all, I'm a fan of all those things, as you know. But um, this idea of fun and playfulness kind of sits at the heart of everything. And it's interesting when we talk about these things because... Like when people find out that fun is one of our core values as a business, they pull a face um, or they make a noise and they go, is that that? They say things like, is is that that forced kind of fun? Okay. Now, yeah. I know what they're talking about there because we've seen it. We've all experienced it. And yeah. some people like it. Some people hate it. And some people don't mind it. Um, but when I talk about fun and playfulness, which most people then just associate play with children, of course, um, you know, I'm delighted to be able to educate them on the benefits of play and the benefits of fun and the science and the stuff around happiness and cheer and joy and mental health and well-being that comes from this yeah. stuff. And there's a quote that I use in one of my books um, from Professor Stuart Brown, who wrote a book just called Play. Um, and he's studied it for years. And he said, play is like oxygen. Um, in other words, it's all around you. You just don't notice it until it's gone. And the truth is, we know when it's gone. And so many organisations out there, it's gone. It was gone before COVID. Some people used the whole COVID thing to get it back. There was an opportunity yeah. there for so many businesses to be, you know, to allow themselves to be shaken to their core uh, and, and rethink and reimagine and start again. And that's what we did as a business. We, you know, the, when yeah. COVID hit, we shat it. We lost 170, uh, sorry, hundred and. Uh, it was 150 events in 70, 72 hours. That was terrifying. Oh. Uh, and for a few weeks, it was awful. And then we thought, well, actually, do you know what? Let's use this. Let's We're in a moment. Let's yeah. use it and take harness all the silver linings, I guess. We're currently lost. Let's enjoy being lost because when you're lost in a moment, it makes you ask for guidance and help and direction. It makes you rethink. It makes you create. And we just we just jumped in to that and took all the good stuff and a lot of companies i believe have missed that opportunity and they were all like oh can't wait for it to go back to normal that doesn't exist anymore the world moved forward and the problem is there's a lot of companies trying to take people back to how it was pre-pandemic and they've forgotten yeah. pre-pandemic for a lot of people things weren't great yeah so i think the play part, the fun part features in all of our conversations. And of course, that starts to shape or reshape culture, which yeah. of course uh, shapes the thinking. And if it shapes our thinking, then it changes the words that come out of our mouth. And if it shapes our thinking in our words, then it shifts our entire action and behaviours. And that's where yeah. we start to see people behaving differently and in a way that creates lovely little fires and sparks everywhere and puts more smiles on faces. You hear a bit more yeah. laughter. There's time made to play. And that might be a chat. It might be, no, no, we're going to have a game of hide and seek now, uh, yeah. which might sound crazy to some, 
And the ones that it sounds crazy to probably haven't played hide and seek for about 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, yeah. If they did play, they'd realise how awesome it is. And they might be thinking of a colleague right now who uh, is always playing hide. That's a different game. You're not allowed to play that one. Yeah. So yeah, it all revolves around these things. Yeah, it's fantastic, Gavin. I totally agree. I think we're almost, uh, we're almost afraid to talk about having fun and, and playing in the workplace. And actually, you know, it's the classic saying, is it? we spend more time at work and we do. And I think you're right about this going back to normal. I, I, if I'm honest, I despise that phrase. Oh, yeah. I really rail against it. And I, I think one of the big reasons for that is what we're, what we're saying is, well, normal was this. Now, what people talk about is normal. We'll just get everybody back in the office. And it's like, well, no. Look back at what actually happened in the office before you had this intervening yeah. 18 months when you were forced into doing what we could have all done years ago anyway. And look at where's the energy that you need. Because now if you just force people back, they're just sat on the teams call in the office. And, yeah. you know, I think your point about playing fun, uh, one of the best examples I've seen of this, I used to work for a kitchen manufacturer, distributor, sales company, and they went through a lot of change around lean manufacturing. And one of the best conversations I ever had was with, with a chap called Tommy, who was Scandinavian. He was like the coolest, <laughs> like, most handsome, suave, intelligent guy I've ever met. And he talks about the people on the production line. And he said, they're the most important people in lean manufacturing. So we have to help them to have some fun to play. You know, you can imagine him having conversations with like 20 area ass blokes from Yorkshire who are just used to telling these people what to do and don't step out of line and hurry up. And what they did was he just he just changed little things, like he got them to choose the music that was playing in the warehouse instead of it being the people in yeah. the office who also saw the radio playing in both parts. So why not just let them choose what they listen to? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's only one radio. We'll buy another radio. <laughs> it was yeah. like yeah. he was just building, and then he gave them their own rest area where he, you know, okay, some of this can feel a bit like forced fun. But he said to them, "What do you want in it?" And it was a table football game and a. I think they had a, a pinball machine and stuff. And it's just yeah. that, a little bit of play, a little bit of fun. And what, what always struck me about Tommy was he talks about there's people who work in this organisation who get paid to glue dowels into holes in furniture. Mm-hmm. And he said, we can never undervalue the importance of them. Why don't we help them to enjoy it? And I just thought, yeah, wow. It's so true. He's got it, the right approach. It's so true. And I think there's so many employers out there who don't ask their people, you know, what, what can I do to help you do your job better? You're, yeah. you're great at what you do, but how can I help you to do your job better? And that could be as simple as, can I pick the music? That could be as simple as, can I work from home on a Friday afternoon? Yeah. It might be as simple as, can I come in at 10 o'clock so I can take my daughter to school? It's funny because pre-COVID, like COVID taught me that Whilst it taught me that some of the stuff we do in our business really works and it's great and we're good at it, it also taught me that some of the stuff we thought we were really good at and were dead cool and we were doing these more yeah. new things, actually, maybe not so much. Um, and that maybe we had fallen into that old, but we've always done it this way kind of chat. And it's so easy okay. for everybody to kind of fall into that because it works. It, you, yeah. you, you get into your routine and we're human. Um, but the, one of the big things for us was this idea that, um, you know, just just speak to the team and and say what 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 do you want to do moving forward? Because we had 
So uh, there's three of us own my business. Uh, I'm managing director, but I have two business partners and they're fully involved, 100%. They're behind the scenes, sort of business development kind of stuff. They work mainly yeah. in the education side uh, of the business. But I remember having this conversation of um, what, what the three of us really want out of this. And I was like, I want it to stay like this forever. This is so different. It's so exciting. I've fallen back in love with everything. I thought I was already in love with the business, but this is amazing. Um, and then one of them's like, I want everything to go back to normal. I can't wait for it all to go back to how it used to be. Now, he lives on his own, so I get it. It's a different, he's had a different okay, lockdown yeah, yeah. experience to me. Um, yeah. And then the other one was like, a bit of both, a bit of both. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was this thing of, Okay, so what about what about everybody else in in the company? Um, so basically, it it again it forced a rethink. It forced us to uh, listen more. It forced us to be better friends, not just colleagues. It forced us to understand a little bit more. And one of the things that blows my mind is pre COVID, if one of our team had said, "See you next Thursday, do you mind if I work from home?" My gut feel would have been, oh. Mm, not sure about that. Oh, and then what I would say though is, I'll get back to you, and we would have a meeting, Tim, a meeting, a couple of us that own the company, or maybe one of the the guys that are in a, a sort of management role or something. We would have a meeting to discuss how we feel about this. Are we on the same page? Do we think that's okay? Like, like that's bonkers. Whereas, whereas now, I don't care. And yeah. well, no, I care, but I don't care. Um, we have three people on our team who use the office on a Monday, and that's it. Yeah, no one else uses it. Uh, we're very lucky that we actually we own the building. We we paid the mortgage off on it just before COVID, so so we don't need to shift it, and it doesn't cost us anything. And we've got two businesses yeah. downstairs that rent the downstairs spaces and things like that. So it's a great investment to hold on to, but it it sort of saved us a little bit. If, if we were having to pay for that during uh, lockdowns, that would have been hard. But yes. but it's there, uh, and three people pop in on a Monday, and they basically just have a catch-up for a whole day. And nowadays, I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, because everybody's performing better. Everybody's happier. Everyone sees their families more. They can choose their working hours. But again, pre-COVID, Tim, I'd have been like, oh, I don't know if they are working the proper hours, or you know, they they didn't seem to be... They didn't seem to be uh, working that couple of hours there. And yeah. I think they might have been at the gym. Whereas now I'm like, go yeah. to the gym. Go yeah. to the gym. <laughs> Take a day off. I don't care. As long as as long as you feel great. And as long as you're smashing out great work when you need to. So it's it's been a big shift in mindset. Even for those of yeah. us who work with other companies on mindset. Yeah. <laughs> what a brilliant example to share, Gavin. I'm laughing along while you're sharing that because... Particularly a bit about you should have a meeting to decide if somebody could oh, work from home. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. Well, how many people, so many people listen to this and go, oh my God, we used to do that. Or a few people might go, oh my God, we still do that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or it, they don't have a meeting and they just say, no, we would rather you were in, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah, and, and I've, then, said that, I've said that to people in the past. I've said, you know, on that day, we really need you in. And I look back and think, I did not need them in, not even yeah. slightly. But there was this mindset, this way of thinking, which is just horrible corporate bullshit. Yes, yeah. And there's still a lot of people who say, no, I need you in, and then they're not in on that day. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they completely miss 
that's the message that you're giving is that I'm basically saying there's no integrity here. Yeah. Now, there's a little bit here that I want to ask about is, you know, so the podcast called Break the Mold, my book's all about that. And, and I guess the other side of that is fitting the mold. And we might be alluding to a little bit of this from a leadership point of view in particular or, you know, how people make decisions. So for you, Gav, either you you personally, you, you might have seen you doing some of this or people around you, what, what are the molds that you've seen others fitting into and why do you think they end up fitting into those molds? I think, I think the one I see most... Um in most places is just the the traditional nine to five way of being um you know it's it's like a a generational mindset a societal mindset i don't even know if that's a phrase i like it um like i'll give an example so i i was speaking in london um i'm actually off to london uh, this afternoon but I, I was speaking in london recently with a group um and I was speaking to the chief exec of a enormous global organization who will remain nameless, but a giant global organization. And she was telling me that pre-COVID, uh, she was always first in the office because she's the chief exec. Um, first in, needs to be seen to be the first in the door. So she would be in yeah. at quarter past eight, which meant uh, the kids getting dropped off at breakfast clubs. Uh, uh, way before that because they're in London and it takes forever to get anywhere mm. um, her husband also uh, runs a big company uh, same must be in first uh, because you're setting an example which yeah. I totally get I understand where that thinking's coming from Covid came along and they discovered uh, that oh and there was also that last to leave nonsense uh, oh, at, at the end yeah. of the day um, but they discovered during lockdown that they love being a family and that taking your kids to nursery or school in the morning is a fucking joy. <laughs> a fucking joy. Him. That some people seem to forget or for some bizarre reason they think, oh, but I have to be in work. But there is this mindset, this traditional mould, to use the the, 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 the correct yeah. term here, um, that, that that is life. Yeah. Why? Who said that? Who who made that up? And it's funny speaking to this chief exec. She's just like, no, no, I, I now arrive at about 10 to 10. And and she said, and guess what, Gavin? And I was like, what? And she went, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. And I was like, I love it. I love it because actually one of the things that I discovered uh, during uh, the, the COVID times, if, or COVID era, if we can call it that, was, um, was walking my daughter to school. Yeah. It became my favourite thing in the world, Tim. My absolute favourite thing in the world because I remembered and realised that I never walked my son to school once. Really? Well, I was out the door before he left. Yeah. Because I had to get to the office. Because we yes. had agreed that this is when we start. Yes. That's yeah. a mould. It's a, but it's a mindset. It, it's like yes. you know, we. It's, it's like people who hate Mondays. They don't like Mondays because they were taught to not like Mondays. We've been taught as a society, as a race, as humans that yeah. Mondays are shit. Yeah. So people get to two o'clock on a Sunday and they start this, getting this horrible feeling because tomorrow's Monday. And now we have Blue Monday, which we know is nonsense, was invented by a marketing company, but yes. it still exists. So yes. for me, this is that Mondays are a mold. We don't like Mondays because they're Mondays. Who likes a Monday? We all yeah. love a weekend and Sundays are a bit rubbish because tomorrow, that's <laughs> a mold. But the, the same thing happens. It's replicated in business. And that chief exec I was talking about, you know, she's saying it's it's changed 
her whole way of being. Um, yeah. Because this goes back to what I said earlier, Tim, about COVID, as awful as it was, and let's be honest, it was awful, and a lot of people experienced yes. the... Do you know, we all experienced some sort of loss. Yes, some people experienced human loss, but some of us lost our independence, our energy, our confidence, our jobs, our role within our jobs, uh, our family met, like... Lots of us experienced uh, what um, is it? Frank Ostaszewski calls it little deaths. We all experience yeah. little deaths every day. But during that moment, we all experience little deaths. Again, yeah. some the bigger ones, but um, which creates change. But um, you know, through through that, I've I've actually lost my train of thought now. But through that moment, um, everybody, everybody through that moment uh, had opportunities to that's what i was going to say to harness those silver linings it's what i said earlier on we had an opportunity to lean into that moment and go do you know what i've discovered a different way of being i've realized these things don't make me happy i now know that this stuff does i've realized that life is so short look at what's just happened it might happen again um and i think there's two types of people tim and there's the ones that in that moment went well i'm i'm going to do something about it and the yeah. ones that went, nah, I'm not. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm still, I think, doing something about it um, and encouraging my team to do something about it. And to go back to your question about conversations with clients and trying to encourage them to keep doing something about it as well. I'm with an organization yeah. this afternoon before I get to the airport. I'm doing a three-hour workshop this afternoon in Edinburgh with a, a big environmental organization that are based all over the world and it's the first time they've all been together in years uh there's four people going to be in the room who have never even met each other because they're brand new to this team um and you know their whole world just got just got blown out the water because of what happened because they couldn't get together and i can't wait to get in there and go good so what have you changed what have you done about it you know let's let's not just go back to how it was what's the new stuff what made you better um so yeah, it's um I think it's exciting times. I mean it's shit times in so many ways. Yes. But we need people like you, Tim, out there doing what you do, um, to try and remind people that we get one go at this. Yes. Uh so let's let's just keep helping each other and be nice. Yeah. Thank you, Gav. You know that that mold you talked about then, love at the CEO tournament. No one gives a fuck. That's what I've realised. No one cares what time I'm in. It's that, I think, is such a prime mould that senior leaders fall into. I know I used to do that yeah, without yeah. question. I've got to be there early, got to be there early, and be like, oh, no, I can't leave yet. And do you know when you were talking about that, particularly walking your daughter to school, I was thinking, yeah, do you know what? If I went back, for argument's sake, 10 years in my life, uh, I and, I was do, and if I was still doing what I was doing then now, I'd, I'd have been in work at, like, quarter to eight, you know, at my desk, probably chasing people for things that I don't need to chase, probably micromanaging people. And then I thought, this morning, I dropped my daughter off at school, and, <clears throat> excuse me, first of all, she kept telling me that Jimi Hendrix was playing too loud on the... Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, no Jimi Hendrix? No such thing. He, he has to be played loud. This is to a 10-year-old. She's like, it's too loud. Anyway, <clears throat> she reached over, turns the uh, volume down, <laughs> and just looks up at me while Jeremy goes... So, Daddy, why is Thursday ukulele day? (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm thinking, like, there's another national day that's been invented by somebody. Yeah. 
And basically, it's the only day she takes a ukulele into school. I mean, why? why, right. why, why you know, I would just love the fact that she plays a ukulele instead of a recorder. Just like, why do you think Thursday's ukulele day? It's I love like, it. For about 10 minutes, we were just like laughing about it. And then she decided to start, as we got out the car and all the leaves are on the floor, she's decided to tell me that her version of that is trees are bald in the winter. Nice. Not, not that they lose the leaves. So then we started deciding like how you can make a wig for a tree. Magic. It's magic. <laughs> I love it. And then uh, I like I walk back to my car and almost internally I'm thinking, why am I in such a good mood today? And it's that. Absolutely. That Honestly, of... when it, that 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 discovery for me, walking my daughter to school every single day, just it just made the whole thing spectacular for me. It really did. I went to my first sports day uh in the summer. Now, just when I say my first sports day, I mean, my, my son is 14 uh, and my daughter, well, she just turned 11, so she would have been 10 at this moment. Yeah. And I went to her sports day and it's the first one I've been to since they started school. And that's wow. that's not okay, mate. And a lot of that is because I was booked to speak at an event before the yeah. date was announced for sports day. So, yeah, yeah to give you like three days notice normally for a sports day. Well, well, well this <laughs> is it. And so so I, I could say... So it's not my fault, but it it is my fault. Like I I need to look ahead and go see that day there. I don't work that day, yeah. Um, and I've got good at that now. And actually, the rest of the team have got good at that as well. They'll look at like Emma that works with me. She'll look at my diary. She oversees all my bookings, and she'll go like so. So today I'm out this. I'm doing this for you this morning. I'm speaking this afternoon, and then I'm straight off to. I'm on a flight at eight o'clock tonight to London. I'm hosting a big event in London tomorrow. I get home tomorrow night. I'm out all day Friday and there was an inquiry come in for Thursday and Emma said, is there a possible other date? And they went, yeah. So she went, well, let's go with that. Yeah. Whereas pre-COVID, she'd have gone, yep, take the sale, fill his diary, ram it full. Whereas yeah. now she's going, actually, he's got a crazy few days here and he's on the road a lot and he's away, which means he won't see the kids. So let's make sure he's at home here. Love yeah. it. But before yeah. it was just sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And you're right. That's the mould. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's 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 breaking that mold, isn't it? To be able to go, well, actually, we've sold enough. Well, this is <laughs> you it. That's it's okay. And you're right. Often it just needs somebody to go. Could we change the date, or could we do it a different time? Or yeah, you, I think you, you 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 said something there. We've sold enough. Yeah. There are people in this world who don't believe there is such a thing as enough. <laughs> now, uh, and I mean, as a business, like our our focus. As business leaders, our focus was growth. Yeah. And we grew fast. And at one point, I had 27 employees. Um, I mean, it was just, it It was, it had gone from being what felt like an awesome gang uh, in, in, the, in a positive sense, like a real gang of pals yeah. who were out to change the world and genuinely gave a shit about doing that, to having to look at the HR file most days. Uh, yeah. because because we own a business and there was problems because there was 27 people and people fell out and some people didn't get on and yeah. oh my god uh, we, we opened an office in Manchester and and it just the, don't get me wrong, there was lots of exciting stuff going on but I was done I, and yeah. I didn't realise how done until Covid um, and now Tim there is seven of us wow now we actually shrunk it down pre to about 14 pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's now seven. We Our turnover is 
a bit less, obviously, than yeah. it was. We are, uh, we work hard, but not too hard like we used to. We see our yeah. families more. We're happier. We're healthier. And we're way, way more profitable. Yeah. And I, and I just look at it and go, why did we not do this before? Like, what, what, what were we missing here? Um, and it just, it took the first cataclysmic event in 75 years for me to see it. Yeah. Wow, that's really powerful what you just said, actually. I've not thought about that. It's the cat- cat- global cataclysmic event for 75 years. One for 75 years. Yeah. And because of it, most people right now are knackered. Yeah. Yeah. And it, do you know, I, I think what you're talking about there is is a little bit of falling into that trap of fitting them all because we're successful. Well, well we should keep growing then because yeah, yeah. if we keep growing, other people can do the work. And then we lose sight of the fact that, no, I love doing this work over here. So actually, why don't we focus on that? And you're right. It's looking at what God's top real business top of what makes us profitable rather than what sells more. Yeah, yeah. And that's being able to take that brave decision. Now, I want to ask you about something. And and actually, you, you set this up beautifully by saying about consciously not being a dick in terms of being your authentic self. So I want to ask you about dickheads. So this is a term I use a lot, and I'm yeah. not afraid to, afraid to call it out. And it's important. Got, I always make this part in every interview about when I use the term dickhead, I'm not being judgmental about people. I'm not saying that they're different to me. For me, a dickhead is the person whose attitudes and behaviours are irritating to others. They lack integrity and they lack self-awareness. And then that, for me, is what they fit the mould of being a dickhead. And we've talked a little bit around some of the examples of this. But the question I always ask guests, because this is particularly in thinking about helping people who are listening to this, is how can our audience stop themselves from being a dickhead? So, again, to repeat myself, I used the phrase consciously not being a dick. Um, I believe that we know when we're being dicks and now that that could come from again a societal thing it could be the way we're brought up we're brought up to believe a certain thing or invest in a certain thing or buy into a certain way of thinking and being and and that's a big thing you know society is a tough thing you know society all across the UK in particular there's lots of pockets within that that are not very nice um and um there's a wonderful meme out there of um, two buttons and one says, don't be a dick. And the other red button says, be a dick. And the guy's hand is hovering over the buttons and he's sweating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, it's, and for me, this sums it up beautifully. He knows. He yeah. knows. In this moment, he feels it. He's sweating because he's, he, he's, he's going to be a dick. And he knows that all he has to do is not be a dick in that moment. And that might be tough. That might mean you have to bite your lip. That might mean you need to walk away. It might mean you need, God forbid, to disagree with with your friend and your boss. Because actually you think your boss is being unfair to this other person. Um, So it it might be a cop-out answer. And I'm sure there's so much more to it. But I think on a surface level and deep down, just choose. It's a mindset, of course it is, but just make a choice in the moment. Consider other people's feelings in that moment. Consider other people's thoughts. Consider other people's families in the moment. 
their colleagues, yeah. their team. And, you know, it's it's that thing about being mindful of others. And it's a conscious decision. You know when you're being a dick. So if you think you're being a dick, don't be a dick. Dick. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, I love uh, the New Zealand All Blacks uh, talk about no dickheads allowed. And they stole yeah. it from the Sydney Swans, I believe, the rugby league team. But but I love oh, it. And okay. I think I think it should be um it's that kind of number one rule in, in every workplace. Um you need to work out what that means though. What does it actually mean to not be a yes. and, and discuss it as a team? And it'll mean something different to different people and come to an agreement. So what do we expect from each other around that then? But I think um to go back to this idea that you know, I think everyone should be hooked up to a lie detector test on day one and they get asked, You a dick? And they go, no. And this thing goes, because they know, because they know if they're a dick. And at that point, they go, oh, sorry, you are a dick. See you. (laughs) You're not getting a job. (laughs) And I think the first place in the world that uh, we should do that is in schools. We should be hooking all the teachers up to lie detector tests. Do you like working with kids? Yes or no. And are you a dick? Yes or no. And depending on if that buzzer goes off or not, well, then you can be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that should be part of this... uh like fit and proper person test that they have if you want to buy an organisation, shouldn't it? That should be the first yeah. question. I be hope people poli- listen to this. Politician. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Before you can even apply to join any political party. I hope there's people listening to this now searching on Amazon for a lie detector. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that I, I love what you've called out, though, is, is that bit of what does it actually mean? Because it's quite easy to have that. You know, some organisations, I've worked for one, have it in, like, their values, don't be a dick or, you know, no dickheads allowed. And great, I'm all for that. I think it's great. It calls it out. It it puts it out there to make people think. The big opportunity then is following that through and going, well, what does this actually mean? And I think some of the examples you shared there about just choosing, make a choice in the moment, think about other people, think about how you're going to come across Think about other people's families. You know, you're absolutely right. I think, think about I mean, the, the wider region. We hear a lot about in businesses and in books now is the, the the term psychological safety. Yes. And I think a, a a company who promotes psychological safety and have regular conversation with their people around that, I think that's connected. I think that ties in with the don't be a dick motto yes. or theme or banner or vision or value, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think. You know, they talk about in psychological safety, you know, people feeling safe to be themselves, people comfortable with having their hair how they want to have it or wear the clothes or their sexuality or their race or not being afraid to ask questions or challenge. I used to work for a guy who we we talked about Jekyll Jekyll and Hyde. You didn't know which version you were getting. And there could be days where I could sit down and go, I've got this idea. And he'd go, this is amazing. I'm going to put money into that and make it happen. Cool. And then the next day I'd say, oh, I've got an idea for the website. And he would say, don't you ever tell me how to create a website or how to design my website. It's my company. And you're like, well, it's very clear there, the example of which one's in the moment, he's being a dick. Uh, Like, we should be allowed to come with ideas. If you shoot me down like that, you're being a dick. You can disagree with me and say to me, do you know what? I'm actually really happy with the website's now. Let's revisit it later. Cool. 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 Done. Yeah. I don't feel this. I don't feel small. <clears throat> I don't feel unwanted. I don't feel like you've just kicked my ass for no reason yeah. whatsoever when I was just trying to help. So yeah, like yeah. I say, Tim, I don't think it's hard, and yet it is really hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. You are, you know, and even that example is Shadega. Certainly for me, I'm not no longer going to be so many other people who can relate to that. I've definitely learned through the number of Jekyll and Hyde's. And oh, yeah. you're right, it's just choosing that bit to go, great, actually, I think the website works now, or we're not really going to put the time and energy into it. Let's catch up again in a few months' time. Yeah. Great. That makes you want to come back with ideas. It makes you want to come back and speak to that person again, where, like you say, actually, if you get the other version of, don't you tell me to do this, then straight away you're going, well, I don't want to talk to you about that anymore. And, you well, know, again, that just, that, in those moments, I don't want to come forward with ideas because you shot me down and you did it yeah. publicly. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's fascinating, isn't it, that those conversations lead to so many people either literally being out of the organisation or simply now saying, well, I'm not going to come up with any ideas, I'm not going to contribute. Yeah. Uh, so before we get to the three final questions, Gav, uh, which is definitely indulging in a couple of passions of mine, um, I want to ask you about something. So again, it's a question I ask everybody, and it's it's a term that I use. It's the hashtag I use, and I'm just it's I'm really keen for the audience to hear this from different points of view. So the question is, why must it always start with you? Why must it always start with you? I think the you that walks in the front door. Uh, now, there's different ways to look at that. That could be on a Monday morning at work, if you're in physically in work. Um, now, let's make sure that a door is metaphorical. You could be on a factory floor. You could be out on on the road. You could be at a conference. It doesn't matter what, but how you walk in the front door on a Monday morning matters. How yeah. you walk in the front door when you come home arguably matters more. Um, do you know that question reminds me of one of the best bits of advice I've ever had. And that advice is your energy introduces you before you do. That blew my mind at 18 years of age going into teaching. Yeah. So that's where I started out. I was a primary school teacher and um, that's when I heard that for the first time, your energy introduces you before you do how you turn up matters. I think, I think, you need to look after your own health and well-being. You know, you need to protect you. How can yes. you look after other people, support other people, whether you're a business leader or just a parent or a friend, a colleague, a teammate? You know, how can you ever support, lift, encourage, empower others if you're not okay? So again, you need to make sure you are okay uh, from that yes. side of things. Um, it starts with you, well, firstly, because... I think people sometimes need reminded, you fucking matter. You matter in your life. You matter in your circles. You matter in your family. You matter in your work. You matter in your circles, whatever whatever that might be. Um, and it's like when I work, I do a lot of work in education with, with young people and, and staff, but when I talk to the teachers and the obviously not just teachers, but the fantastic support workers and classroom assistants and uh, educational psychologists and social workers and all these amazing, amazing people. You know, when I did my teacher training like them, they were all told, kids come first, kids come first. I yeah. I get it and I understand the thinking in that, but how can they? If you're not all right, then you can't put them first. Um, and I think it's the same for business leaders with their people in the workplace and so on. Um I don't know if that answers your question, Tim, but I think there's three or four things in there that um, matter to me and that, that big one there of 
your energy introduces you before you do. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you think, I quite often talk in my books about my Mary Poppins, um, and it's like extraordinary people that were in our lives, our kids that saw you, that valued you, that lifted you, that lit the fire in your belly, that made yeah. the real, real difference. Um, and I think we need we need more Mary Poppins in the world and Mary Poppins can't be Mary Poppins if Mary Poppins isn't all right. Yeah. I think that beautifully answers that question, Gav. You're right. You, you have to protect you. You have to be able to put yourself first. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. I, I think it's, I, I'm sure that that will resonate with so many people because you're right. Often the message is you've got to put other people first. You know, and it's the classic cliche, isn't it? That people roll out about putting your, your own life best on and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, that's it. And You're I think right. some people need to be reminded and told yeah. or taught or educated it's okay to put yeah. you first. You don't have to yeah. do it all the time if you don't want to. But actually, um, you know, if you're not feeling okay, and I've been there and I write about this in my books, if, if you're not okay, something's not right you and you need to walk away or you need yeah. to, if you need to save you, if you need to take a day off, that's okay. Yeah. If that's what you need to do. Yeah. Joe, you know, I, I saw this actually first hand. I'm not going to say his name, but a really, really good friend of mine. Literally, I went to high school with him. He's, uh, I was out with him the other week, and it's, I, I don't make any secret of my mental health challenges. I'd shared that him and the group that we still uh, go out and have a few beers and do other stuff with at least a few times a year. I've shared with him about my depression, and he opened up to me about it and the first question I said to him is what are you doing to look after yourself mate and he looked at me as if you know either this was the question he'd been waiting for me to ask or a bit like why why are you asking me that because I thought what you were going to do is tell me to go to the doctors or tell me to do this tell me to do that and we had a brilliant conversation about it where I shared some advice and the key message was you have to choose you know I completely empathize I, I I totally from my experience, I understand it from my own point of view. Obviously, mental health is different for everybody. So that that's the first thing I'd encourage you to really spend a bit of time thinking about what are you doing to look after yourself. And whether that's losing weight, you know, reading more books, just taking a day off, taking your dog for a walk, whatever it is, yeah, you're absolutely right. I love the work that you've reminded us of that. It's just stopping and asking ourselves what we're doing for ourselves. Magic. Right, so let me indulge in a couple of my passions then. So... Uh, if this podcast helps people to read more books and listen to more music, then my work here is done. So, <laughs> Gav, tell us, what is a book that everyone must read? Well, apart from Break the Mould by you, <laughs> my friend, and Life Will See You Now by me, um, yes. do you know what? I, I always come back to the same book. There, there's, I'm not a natural reader, right? Uh, I can't tell you the last time I read a novel, for example, Okay. However, personal development and business-related books, I, I I have read a lot, and I but I have to force myself to pick the book up. Once I'm once I've done it, I'm off. Yeah, yeah. And I always come back to one book, and that is Tuesdays with Maury, uh, by Mitch Album. Tuesdays with Maury. I mean, I think it was. I must have been twenty, oh, 23, 24 uh, when I read that. And it was probably my first venture into the world of, let's call it self-help, personal development. Yeah. It's not it's not a traditional kind of self-help, personal development kind of kind of book. Um, but I was in Rhodes 
uh, with my wife. We weren't married at the time, but but we were we were abroad on a week's holiday, sitting by the pool, and I took that with me, and I remember sitting just in floods of tears, and that yeah. was that was partly what the story and what was going on, and partly because. I think I was sitting there questioning so much, so much in my life and career in that moment, realizing I I need to make some changes. Yeah. Uh, there's there's I've been too caught up in my stand up world, uh, stand up comedy yeah. days, which had sort of come to just come to an end first time round. Went back to it a few years later, but um, and I was I was hung up on all of that, and yeah. Um, Tuesdays with Maury, it's the first book that ever made me cry, it's the first book that ever made hair stand up on the back of my neck and it's the first book that made me get out of my bed and go, fuck right, I need to go make some changes <laughs> I, I'm laughing, smiling, nodding along vigorously, because yeah, that is one of the greatest books on earth I, I read that because you tweeted it uh, I think it was, maybe it was a, a World Book Day or somebody had asked you about what's the best book yeah. like I've just done really and it was the first time I'd heard of it. And yeah, I bought it straight away. And literally, it's one of those books I've read in a couple of days because I just oh, couldn't yeah. get enough of it. Yeah, and I'm now gifting it to people. Yeah, same, uh, same. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Thing. Yeah, it's quite often the one I, it's my go-to. There are other books that I have I have gifted, but it is one of my go-tos. Um, did you know, yeah. though, and, I, and I'm, I'm tempted to not tell you this, but I'm going to tell you, did you know that there's a film? No. Mate, it's awful. <laughs> Oh no! Really? It's one of those movies that, one of these sort of B movies made for American television. It is truly, truly one of the worst things I've ever seen, uh, and I now regret saying this out loud because somebody might be you, somebody listening might actually think I'm going to watch it. Don't, don't. It's like when people find out that there's more than two Home Alone films. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it! Just yeah. stick to the stick to the way it was intended, you know. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, don't don't watch the movie. Oh no, I will definitely take your advice on that. So that's two of my all-time favourite books that have had really shit films made about them. Because Absolute Beginners is the other. Uh, so Absolute Beginners by Martin McInnes, which is uh, probably my favourite book. They did a film, a musical film, but which David Bowie uh, and Paul Weller, David Bowie starred it. Paul Weller wrote. So you think, surely this is a dream made in heaven? No, it's absolute trash. Yeah, yeah. Both David Bowie and Paul Weller state that. So yeah, I think if you write a great book, leave it as a book. <laughs> <laughs> so the second one, beautifully teed up by mentioning David Bowie and Paul Weller. Uh, what is an album or song that everyone must listen to, and what does it mean to you? Oh. You know how difficult this I, I know. is. I know. It's it's the equivalent of what's your favorite album? Well, I'm just not answering that. It's too <laughs> it's too many, and it depends on the day and the mood and the yeah. mindset and how I'm feeling. Right. Okay. Um. There are so many. Uh. I mean, I could I could reel off like twenty thirty bands, solo uh performers, albums, songs that. And that's just, that would just be this. That would they would all be sharing the number one spot, right? <laughs> so it's not even my top ten or top twenty. They would twenty or thirty would all be number one. Um, but um, oh man, I keep changing my mind. I'm <laughs> my mind's going. No, I'd go that one. <laughs> right, I'm gonna go. I'm. Can I give you two? Yeah, I'm gonna give you an album and a song. 
Love it. Uh, let's start with the album. I'm going left field. I'm going totally out of the box here, and I'm going to name a band that most people will never have heard of called Foxy Shazam. Oh, wow. Now, there's the greatest name for a band ever, yeah. in my opinion. And I want you to just check out their album simply called Foxy Shazam. And it is just, if you imagine Queen mixed with um, the darkness, mixed with uh, wee bits of Bowie, uh, a bit of T-Rex, uh, but a modern version of all of yeah. that. Um, it is bonkers, glam, uplifting, sing-along, crazy, silly nonsense. And the front man, Eric, is just a joy to watch. I went to see them live. They were supporting the darkness in Edinburgh. Um, and my wife uh, was uh, uh, over her due date for our daughter. And I shouldn't have been going out. And she's like, how long are you going to be? And I said, I'd love to see the darkness, but I just want to go and see Foxy Shazam. <laughs> Uh, so I paid 40 quid for the ticket just to go and see them do seven songs and then I left and came home. They are wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so that's my curveball. Uh, my single I'm going to suggest is probably a curveball as well and uh, it sounds awfully depressing but it's not. It's a song called Death by a band called The White Lies. Oh, yeah. Um, that song, why... Okay, so there's there's two reasons why these the album and the song mean something to me. Um, both these songs, sorry, both that album and this song came to me at a time where I was one third of a comedy group called The Colour Ham, who were absolutely, if I can just stroke my own ego from it, ripping it up on the comedy scene. And we were selling out the Edinburgh Festival, we were selling out shows in London, wow. the BBC were sniffing around, and we always used lots of music between our sketches and with it. Yeah. So that this, the punchline would be delivered, big tune would kick in, the stage would turn around, new sketch, big tune, new... And as people were coming in, we chose the music very carefully. And um, in the... F so th there was a lot of Foxy Sazam snippets, but our first year, our big finale, the final song was Death by the White Lies. And every time I hear it, Tim, it just transports me to that moment of being on stage with my best friends, with hundreds of people in front of me, in the moment, it was a comedy show, but there was lots of magic involved as well. And okay. it was just this extraordinary moment. And every time I hear it, uh, it just puts a great big smile on my face. But I want to caveat this. I, even as I'm saying these suggestions, Tim, I want to tell you about so many more songs and albums and artists, but that's not allowed. So <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you. Well done for whittling it down to those because you're right. It is. It is a. It's it a painful. bastard of a question. It was it really painful, is. Tim. And uh, I know what I'm going to be listening to for the rest of the day anyway. So beautiful. Thank you. Oh, so, very quickly, my favourite song on the album is uh, "Oh Lord." Just I'm throwing that one out there. It is just magnificent. Oh, start Lord. there. Start there. Start <laughs> Brilliant. This is so. This bit is like total self indulgence for me because this <laughs> one of the reasons that obviously I mean obviously I'm obsessed with music, um, and I think it's something we don't talk about enough in terms of you know the things that mean something to us because we've all got that album and or song you know like you yeah. and I we have thousands of them, but also as a little self indulgence to just find out these new bands that I could go and listen to. <laughs> I think you need to take every opportunity you can to find a bit of new music or music yeah. that's new to you anyway. 
So final question then, Gavin. This, this does take us right back to where we started. I do believe in finish where you started. Um, and this is around a bit of a, a kind of tangible thing really for people to go away with. So it might be a tip or a technique or a bit of advice that you uh, have had shared with you or something you share with people. Uh, what is one thing that our audience can do today to be their true authentic selves? I think, um, so for me, this 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 type of thing, I, I, I'm always uh, a great believer in, a great believer in simplicity. Um, there's an awful lot of books out there will give you these great big tasks and I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of things like journaling and stuff like that but that's that's a process yeah. and it takes time and you you almost like need to learn your way into that uh, uh, and yeah. so on um i'm gonna go a wee bit curveball again if that's okay um yes. two f- first things first um i want people listening to this to go and call in for someone I don't know if you remember being a kid, Tim, and calling in for someone. Um, yes. Nobody, nobody calls in for anyone anymore. Um, we, we, we see them online. Uh, we text yeah. them. We, I want you to turn up at somebody's front door with your bike and leave it in the front garden because that's how you call in for someone. And I want you to knock the door or ring the bell. And when that person comes to the door, I just want you to say, and it needs to be somebody that means something to you. Yeah. Uh, and when when this person that maybe you've not seen for it could be a family member, it could be a friend, a colleague that you just haven't seen for a while, when you call in for them and they and they come to the door, you they'll be a bit freaked out to begin with because you didn't text them first. Uh, I just want you to say to them, "You coming out?" And they'll be like, "What do you mean?" And I just want you to say, "You coming out?" And if they say, "Where?" Say, "Just don't know. Just gonna go out." And then I want you to uh, go to the supermarket with them and buy a nice lolly each and sit and have a nice lolly with your friend and put your phones away and just be in the moment, be present, be grateful, be still, be peaceful and take three or four minutes to absolutely devour your ice lolly and enjoy every single bit of it because the ability to just sit with someone now and just be and enjoy it and be real and genuine in that moment is hard for people because we're agitated, we're on edge, we're busy, we're busy being busy. Busyness yeah. is being mistaken for real life now. Um, yeah. And I think in order to be your true authentic self, firstly, we we need to be able to just be us with those yeah. around us. Again, another amazing bit of advice I once got was do less and be more. Uh, and um, that maybe ties in with that somewhere. And if anybody's wondering which ice lolly to buy, I strongly recommend Knobbly Bobblies, four for a quid. <laughs> and if somebody's sitting there now listening, thinking, well, that's technically ice cream, I'm not having that conversation. It's on a stick and it's frozen and it's delicious. So get over it. <laughs> yeah, if anyone thinks of Knobbly Bobblies ice cream, they've they've, they've never eaten ice cream or they've never Knobbly Bobbly. <laughs> well, it's, it's the conversation of ice lolly or ice cream. Uh, I love an ice lolly. Uh, but people sometimes say to me, but it's ice cream. I'm like, it's on a stick. It's frozen. It's delicious. You've already overthought it. And I know your listeners are not going to be able to see this, Tim, but I, uh, I'm showing you right now a tiny wee tattoo oh, that yes. I have on my arm. And it is tiny. It's tiny. And it looks like I've drawn it myself. It's a tiny wee ice lolly with a wee bite taken out with of it. With a bite taken out. And that ice lolly is tattooed on my arm every day. It just reminds me that sometimes it's the wee things that matter. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, go call in for someone 
and take them for a nice lolly and just be. Absolutely fucking magic, Gav. Honestly, you're right, isn't it? Now, if you go out with somebody now, it's like you have to set up a WhatsApp group. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why, why can't somebody just knock on my door or ring me and go, do you fancy doing this? Do you fancy no, going don't, out? don't even ring them because as a kid, yeah, you didn't yeah. ring them. No, you're right. Door. You just turned up. You coming out? Yeah. Yeah, the excitement of who was knocking on the door. Yeah, they might not be in. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> they might not. They might be busy. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! What what a lovely, lovely thing to finish on. Actually, yeah, just go knock knock on the door for somebody who might see you, and just spend a bit of time with it. Just be you. Love it. So the time has come, Gavin. Is secondly to press the stop recording button. Uh, thank you so, so much, mate. I mean, literally, I think we could, especially if we went back to music, we could sit here all day and do this. So yeah. the final message to our listeners is to make sure if you've not already connected or follow uh, Gav on, on LinkedIn or other social media, what you do with your life. If you haven't read his books, what you do with your life. Uh, and also, I can now add to that to sign up to your belly fire, Yeah. which I've spent, I don't know, about five or ten minutes before we, we, we came on air, just literally pissing myself at the thought of Josh Swain, so there's a story that people isn't need to it, sign up for and isn't read. Isn't it fabulous? <laughs> when I, I saw that on Reddit, and I was just like, oh, that is the coolest COVID story I, I heard. Uh, but, you know, thank you thank you for, uh, well, firstly, thank you for inviting me on, and thank you for everything that you're doing in the world. That matters you, so much, and you need to know that. But also, thank you. Uh, thank you for mentioning the books, and Belly Fire, which is new, of course. It's not a book, it's a fortnightly... Yes thing that arrives in your inbox with stuff yeah. to read stuff to watch stuff to think about and stuff to do yeah and always makes me laugh there's videos in it uh, and it ends with a tune always a c-h-o-o-n tune yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah you have to spell it that way <laughs> <laughs> and this 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 fortnight's tune is by a band called bleachers yes who, uh, i didn't know about until maybe two three months ago so they seem to be on the rise as well and i've seen them doing gigs in london so yeah um Nice, nice band to check out. Awesome stuff, Gav. Thank you so, so much, mate. You shared so much that will really help people listening to this. You are absolute superstars. So, time to say goodbye. Keep smiling, Gav. Keep being you. Thank you. Cheers, Tim. matter i think that's the only line that i can start this outro with um i mean if listening to gal and that interview hasn't brightened up your week then there's no help in you <laughs> so i really hope you've enjoyed that and i hope you've taken a lot from it and look this is this point of the podcast episodes where it's about asking you what you're going to do about it so you've committed to listen to the podcast thank you now I want you to think about what is it that you're going to do as a result of it. And look, that line I used there, I think for me, sums Gav up is that, and I said this too in the intro, about his passion for you being happy, you being your true authentic selves and being genuine in everything that you do. So uh, a couple of things I think that I'd encourage you to think about from what Gav's talked about there is, is this bit that he talks about, just stop wasting your time and energy on being concerned about fitting in. You know, this time that we waste on worrying about what other people think of us and, there's a link there in terms of what Gav was sharing in terms of this this ability to do sorry be less and do more you're making sure that you're protecting you so maybe a little thing to think about is 
what are you doing every week to protect you to make sure that your time and energy is put into the things that help you to be authentic to help you to be who you want to be so I'd really get encourage you to challenge yourself to think about that and you know look thinking about Gab, Gab talks a lot about Mondays you know his famous quote in terms of don't be Sunday to your Monday so you know I don't know maybe you're listening to this on a Monday maybe you're listening to it on a Sunday that's come out or maybe you're listening to it you know after the date's been released and Monday's a few days ahead of you and you know so therefore looking at you looking at your calendar thinking about whenever that next Monday is just making sure that you matter on that Monday, doing everything that you need to do to make sure the time and energy that you're going to expend on that day really show to yourself that you matter and making sure that the you that comes back through the front door at home is much more important than you on that Monday morning. You know, I think that's one of the things I loved about Gavin, the way he articulates his passion for you and, and your authenticity is making sure that it's the you that walks back through the door after work that's more important than the you that leaves that front door going to work on a Monday morning or whatever day it might be. And, you know, I think there's a great lesson there that we put too much pressure on ourselves to be this and be that and that work's got to be important, work's got to do that. And yeah, look, work's got to be important. We need to enjoy the work that we do. We need to be passionate about it. The most important thing is the you that goes home back through that front door after your time at work. Now, as a few... Questions that I've picked out, and um, as always, there's a summary sheet already available for this podcast. So uh, for those of you who subscribe, you'll have a link to it already in your inbox. Uh, if you're listening to this as a non-subscriber, uh, then you can head to uh, my resource website, which is itsalwaysstartswithyou.com, and you can download the summary sheet for this podcast for free. And that will summarise some of the key messages from Gav to inspire you to challenge yourself to make you think about what you're going to do about it uh, and then also there's more and more coaching questions on there to really help you to be your true authentic self and I'm going to ask you some of those in a moment before I do that um I just want when, when this podcast finished um and you probably listen to it on your phone uh, most people do or your iPad or maybe you're in the car or whatever it might be but at some point today or tomorrow just put, especially, well, some points there tomorrow when you're with other people at home or at work, just put your phone away. Turn it off, stick it on airplane mode, stick it in your drawer, or go to a meeting without even taking your phone with you. I know, crazy to say it, isn't it? So actually walk in a room without your phone and just be real, just be genuine with people around you. That's such a simple thing to do, and it's something you can really, really practice. And Look, the more you do that, the more other people around you start to do that. Because without that distraction of your phone, then you've got to focus on the people around you. And no, don't leave your phone and then take your bloody laptop and sit looking at your emails on your laptop when you're surrounded by people. Any device, choose today or tomorrow, whenever you've got that next opportunity, to go into a room without that device. Manage the distractions so you can just be you. So a few coaching questions to get you to think about what Gav shared there. Um, the first one I ask you is, what do you need to stop giving a fuck about? What What are you wasting your time and energy on? What are your thoughts and feelings tricking you into thinking that something's important and it's taking you away from actually being yourself? So really think about, maybe, maybe even make a list, make a stop giving a fuck about list and ask yourself, what do you need to stop wasting your time and energy on? Um, I love what Gav talks about in terms of asking yourself, what can you do to help others 
to do their job better. We focus on we've got to get better, I've got to make myself better. And yes, of course we do. We have to take responsibility for that. Yet taking that opportunity to take a step back and ask yourself, what can you do to help others to do their job better? I mean, look, I'm a bit of a geek and love a good spreadsheet. So if you're a leader listening to this, and I don't know, you need two people, three people, ten people, get a spreadsheet out today. Put the names in the first column and then in the next column, head it with that question. What can I do to help others to do their job better? And just be curious and spend a bit of time answering that question next to the names of the people that you lead, the people that you work with regularly. And then go and ask them, how can I help you to do your job better? Um, Open-mindedness was something that we talked about during that interview. So it's probably a simple question. It's just really, what can you do to be more open-minded? You know, maybe what assumptions are clouding your judgment when you're walking into a room with people? Are you already making a judgment? Are you already telling yourself that, oh, they're going to do this? This is what will happen. So really take a step back and think about what is it that you can do to be more open-minded. Uh, the final question I want to ask you is all about in the moment. When Gab was talking about, you know, we talked about how not to be a dickhead and in particular making those right choices in the moment. So that's what I want to ask you is what are the choices you need to make in the moment? And really start to build that ability that when things happen, you can make a positive choice for you and those around you. So really focus in the moment what are the choices you need to make. But a practical application of that, you might get your calendar out and look at the week ahead. And if there's a meeting that you know triggers maybe a bit of frustration, maybe a bit of boredom even, actually asking yourself that question, what are the choices I need to make in the moment during that meeting, during that conversation, so that when you get to that moment, you've got a much better chance of making the choices that you want to make. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Gab. Like I said in the intro, you know, I, I really, really appreciate him giving up the time and I hope that you feel lucky that he's chosen to do that on this podcast and that you've taken a lot from it. So look, as always, a reminder, go and subscribe at my website, infusecoaching.com. That means every Sunday, you'll just get an email straight into the inbox with a link to the new podcast and the link to the summary sheets and other resources that are coming with future episodes, which makes it really, really easy for you. Why would you not want to do it? So I'll see you back here for episode four. Remember, it always starts with you. And keep smiling. Keep being you.